Today I'm talking about the limitations on lawyers doing pro bono work. And the two people I'll be speaking with today are Chris Bishop, an MP who put forward a member's bill that would have made it easier for lawyers who aren't authorised to practice on their own account to do pro bono work. Then I'm going to be talking to Hemi Leaf, who is an in-house lawyer at Tauranga City Council, about the effect that this limitation puts on him in a practical sense. Uh, so I trained as a lawyer from Victoria University of Wellington, I did my profs. Never actually practised, ended up working as, as a researcher here at Parliament and ended up going into government for Jerry Brownlee and Stephen Joyce for a few years. But yeah, always retained a you know real real interest in public law um, and constitutional law and um, justice issues. So since I've been an MP, I've variously served as um, police spokesperson for National relatively early on uh, in opposition. Served on the Justice Committee in my first three years. In fact, my first five years as an MP was on the Justice Committee, Justice and Electoral did all the inquiries into electoral law. Um, so, yeah, always been interested in, in the law. And so access to justice was quite a natural fit for you then coming from that background. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, <laughs> some people will laugh at this, but um, I was in Mexico uh, reading Law Talk, uh, the, the Law Society magazine, and I read this article by uh, um, a lawyer saying that he'd been trying to persuade the Law Society to allow uh, employed lawyers to do pro bono legal work outside their, outside their employer. And I thought, well, that's... That seems strange that that's not allowed right now. And, and at the time, I was a, you know, we were in opposition. I was a relatively junior member of parliament. And, you know, I kind of think if you're an MP, you've got an obligation to try and improve things. So I thought that's a perfect members bill, um, to, to introduce into parliament. And in my first three years as an MP, I had a bit of success. So I did a, a bill around compensation for live organ donors. Uh, the law used to say that if you donated a kidney altruistically, you basically got the sickness benefit while you recovered. Obviously, a massive disincentive for people to donate. So, my bill changed the law so that people got essentially what they were earning from their uh, salary before they took time off. So, obviously, it makes you not worse off. And then I did some changes around censorship law as well. Um, basically, a slight tweak to improve freedom of speech around censorship. So, I had a bit of success. And so, yeah, that was one of the things I, I did early on in my career was just try and find things that I thought were wrong and try to improve them. And I thought, well, this is a no-brainer. Let's try and get this over the line and, yeah, chucked it onto the proverbial biscuit tin, as they say, and, um, yeah, got pulled from the ballot in uh, early 2021. And so what's the feeling like when that comes out of the biscuit tin and you're um, all go at that stage? Yeah, it's amazing. I've never actually been uh, to a, a, a biscuit tin procedure and had my, my, my bill pulled. I've always... Um, you know, been off doing other things around the building, but it's quite a, it's quite an elaborate uh, uh, procedure. Uh, you know, sort of few few dozen people there watching. But I've never been there. Um, it's always um, you know text from the from the whip or whoever we've sent down there to, to have a look, and then of course it's tweeted out by Parliament and stuff as well. So yeah, it's happened three times now. It's um, I've been a, I've been a little bit lucky. I've actually drafted a couple of bills that have been pulled by other members as well. So um, Ian McKelvey's got a bill. Um, around BYO uh, summer race meetings, um, that, that's just passed into law, um, and uh, I've spent two or three others over the years. But um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an exciting moment. Um, unfortunately, this one, the, the um, pro bono law bill, didn't, didn't pass into law, which I'm um, pretty annoyed about. But anyway, yeah. So explain how it would have operated had it passed. Yeah. So basically, the, the Lawyers and Conveyances Act says at the moment, if you're an employed lawyer, you can't do any pro bono legal work, and I think that's wrong. I think that, that, that employed lawyers should be able to do that. And um, so what my bill does is change the law to allow that with the um, permission of the, of the employer um, on, on rules set by the law society. You know, we are, we are locking out a big sector of the legal community from doing pro bono legal work. And, 
you know, frankly, I don't think the prohibition was justified. You know, I had various groups um, submitted to the select committee saying the same thing, like like community law, Aotearoa as well, um, who, who are a big supporter of it. So it's very frustrating that, that it didn't pass. So what was the thinking behind the opposition to the bill? If you want my frank view, it's political. Labour made it pretty clear that they weren't um, going to give a, a victory to a, a national MPs members bill. You know, we're in a parliament in which Labour has an absolute majority. At the time, they had 65 seats. It's just a blanket no. I did my best. You know, the bill got sent to a committee. They were, you know, good enough to send it to a committee to have a look at it. But from the basically from the moment we turned up to the committee, Labour made it. Labour members made it very clear that um, they weren't they weren't at all interested in, in advancing it, which I think is a real shame. And I sort of said to them, look. You're really missing an opportunity here. Let's work on the drafting. But they just weren't interested. So I I think it's a real missed opportunity. And I think Parliament's going to have to revisit the issue. I'm not going to say it's uh, number one on our priority list for justice, uh, but but it's certainly something I'll be pushing the, you know, if we we win the election, certainly something I'll be pushing the Justice Minister to, to have a look at. So in terms of mechanics, I guess one of the concerns would always be that employed lawyers are typically less experienced, yeah. um, and therefore it's potentially a lack of supervision around that that would cause issues. Yeah. Would you say that your view is it's better to have a lawyer than no lawyer in those circumstances? I'd say a couple of things. I mean, the, the first is that um, non-employed lawyers can sometimes be junior as well. Um, so it's, it's not just an employed lawyer thing. Secondly, you know, you can make provisions through the law society for, through, through the rules around, around supervision. And then thirdly, you know, look, often we're talking about, you know, junior lawyers who, you know, member of the Tramping Society or the, the local residents association who, who, you know, just want a bit of a hand with of drafting, this constitutional stuff. You know, I think of um, people who end up on the, you know, the committee of the local daycare. You know, stuff like that. Law- lawyers are, in, you know, pretty good demand actually, often for pretty low-level pro bono work. And you know, that, that is technically a breach of the rules, technically a breach of the law at the moment. I mean, it, it, that, that's the thing is, most lawyers, when you say to them that, that this is the law, they don't believe you, but it's true. So it, actually, my bill would have improved access to justice and actually brought practice into line with reality. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably also valid to say that there, there's more enthusiasm for pro bono work amongst employed lawyers probably than lawyers who are practising on their own account. Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of, certainly people, I mean, I know a lot of lawyers, obviously me and my best friends are lawyers. Um, uh, and yeah, I think, that's, I think that's probably probably true. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of legal demand out there, a lot of unmet legal demand. And th- I mean, there are a lot of submissions to the select committee from that effect, to that effect, uh, including from community law, Aotearoa. So there, there is a big access to justice issue in this country. This, this is not the sole answer, obviously, but I think it would have made a you know, demonstrable improvement. You know, we'll, we'll maybe I'll come back to it. I think the current pathway really for the only thing that works like this is doing it through a community law centre. Is, yeah. is that how it is at the moment? Yeah, that's right. So you, you can, you can go, go to work for community law. Community law uh, has itself has set up a kind of clearinghouse for more slightly more sophisticated pro bono work, so to speak. So the, the stuff that they just can't handle through their normal community law channels. When when we were dealing with the bill a couple of years ago, that was just getting started. But employed lawyers can't work for it. Yeah, they're, they're prohibited. I'd have to check the stats, but certainly community law told the committee that. Something like forty percent of lawyers in New Zealand are not allowed to participate in their pro bono clearinghouse. Well, that's wrong because of the cause of this prohibition. Well, that's wrong. They should be able to. You know, I just think it's nuts. You know, and and there's a lot of cases that need 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 help. So um, yeah. So you'd say that the current provisioning through community law centres just isn't adequate then. 
No, no, you, you need you need to you need to loosen it beyond beyond just community law to, to more general pro bono. Do you think there are any other pathways in the meantime that could lead to better access to pro bono work? I mean, the, the, the prohibition is pretty strict, so it does require a law change. So, I mean, we'll have another another go at it. I think you know the law society the law society made a very odd submission. I've got to say to the to the to the committee. I mean, but basically, the, the genesis of it was this guy from Rabobank who wrote the article in Law, law Talk. Had had a go with the Law Society, who basically told him to bugger off, and he didn't write the article because he was annoyed about it. I read that, drafted the bill, and I think they were annoyed about that. And then their submission was kind of all over the show. It was shocking, actually, you know. So it wasn't that useful for the committee. I, I sort of hoped they would turn up and say, "Yep, we need this. Let's get on with it." You know, and that, that I think would have made the later members of the committee go, "Oh well, you know, we're going to have to pass it because it's the Law Society supporting it, the sensible and blah blah." But they were sort of all over the show, so. I kind of partly blame them, frankly. After speaking to Chris Bishop, we decided to speak to one of the in-house lawyers who has been affected by this rule and the difficulty of trying to do pro bono work under the current restrictions. Kia ora tau. I'm currently at Tauranga City Council. I've been here for about seven years. I lead the uh, litigation compliance regulatory property and disputes team. Um, Prior, I started my career at Community Law, uh, which is one of my my passions. I spent a few years there, spent several years on the board as well. Um, so naturally, I've always had an inclination towards uh, giving back. Yeah, basically a very quick overview of my career. And so when you were at Community Law, what were sort of the cases that you got really excited about? What were the things that you found the most motivating to work on? I think the types, not not so much the legal issues, but the types of clients. So at Community Law, 100% of the time you're working with clients where there's a very clear unmet legal need. They're always punching above their weight. It's such a massive power imbalance that it was always satisfying to be able to help them out as best you could. In terms of issues themselves, I quite like the tenancy. I remember going to the tenancy tribunal with a mother who had like eight children and if we weren't successful, you know, she was out without a home. And so um, cases like that, we're always uh, privileged to be able to assist people in that manner. But personally, also Māori land was uh, an area that I quite enjoyed um, helping out with. And you were involved a little bit in um, what became the duty solicitor program for the Māori Land Court as well, is that right? Yeah, so a handful of lawyers here in Tauranga, predominantly run by a local barrister, Sharp, set up a day where whenever the Māori Land Court was in Tauranga, one of us would sit down there and help clients um, as best we could. It didn't quite get as much traction as we wanted to, but you know we're always trying to look for ways to give back and utilise those skills that we have. And so one of the consequences of moving in-house to work with the council is that you lost the ability to sort of run your own cases and do things outside of your employment. What did that Mm. mean for you in practical terms? Yeah, I mean, as I say, community law is my passion. And when I came in-house, as you know, the rules say that you have to act for your employer, which is the whole point of working in-house. But they go so far to mean you can't actually do any pro bono except in quite narrow circumstances. You can do pro bono if you go through community law or CAB but the short version is it becomes nearly too hard for many in-house lawyers. 
the latest stats that I've seen, there's something like three and a half thousand in-house lawyers. And my reflection is that many lawyers come in-house because they have a passion for the community. They might go to local government, um, central government, charities and that, and it's great that they can assist in those areas, but as soon as you're in-house, you're quite limited to go um, actually provide straight up pro bono services. And even if you were to work through a community law centre, like that Judy solicitor thing was through community law, there's still limitations. Community law centres to an extent have their own contracts they must comply with. And yeah, but basically it's nearly too hard to get into pro bono. You have to look at the rules, try find ways around it, just try give back. And I guess when you meet people who have those unmet legal needs, it's really hard for you then to either put your hand up and say you can help or to connect them with a service that can yeah exactly um like i know a few who can help but for me myself i remember there are times when i have to look at the law society and see if i could actually step in another simple example and i don't think there would actually be a problem but there was someone who wanted to get admitted to the bar and then the first port of call for us is oh do the rules even allow us to do that and i think i think the answer was you can either do it through community law which again is just another layer of or or cab or you had to get um, consent from the court itself which is just too much of a hassle i reckon yeah, and as you say, I mean, people who are working in-house are often quite community-focused. So you're taking yeah. a bunch of lawyers who really would be interested in helping out and you're just giving them extra hoops to jump through. Yeah, and I mean, in such a vast array of skills as well, like um, there are many in-house lawyers that their primary role is prosecution. And, you know, if they wanted to do defence work, they can't really do pro bono defence. You know, working with trusts and charities, there's a lot of lawyers in that space. Again, they're still limited to the employer. Like for me, an area that I'd like to give back to is around the Māori trust um, space and I can act as a trustee but as soon as I'm giving regulated legal advice then yeah, I'm technically not supposed to do that. Yeah, I mean that must, must make it extra difficult too for you to take those appointments because the people sitting around the table with you will be expecting you to give legal advice. Exactly, and it's like you're only half offering your your skills, but at the same time, you're worried about your practicing certificate. I mean, you don't want to get in trouble, but yeah, you can't you can't give straight up legal advice, and it can be quite frustrating when you are sitting on a on a board. If it weren't for these legal restrictions, do you think your employer would be supportive if you wanted to do pro bono outside of work? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, I work at a council and we're always looking at ways to give back to the community, provided there are no conflicts, I'm sure they'd back me fully. And as I say, there are thousands of in-house lawyers out there and it just seems like such an untapped resource. And again, a a solid portion of those lawyers, I would say, would be quite interested in um, providing that unmet legal need to the community. Mm. Do you think that the people that you work alongside are competent to be able to do it on their own without having the supervision of a community law centre or a a legal firm? Oh, there's some awesome lawyers in-house. In in my own team, we've got, you know, ranges from junior lawyers right up to, you know, people working 10, 20 plus years in the profession. You know, 100% would back them to do so. Yeah, I see no reason why they shouldn't really. And for yourself, if you had that opportunity, you reckon that you'd be in a position to provide that alongside the work that you already do yeah of course and um like that multi land court one i still try to do it where i can but i do recall it being quite an effort just to 
you know, there's so many hoops to jump through just to provide pro bono at the moment. Everyone's busy, and as soon as you say, okay, you need to tick this box, that box, and the other, um, nine times out of ten, they'll probably just back away from it. Look, thanks for that, Amy. That's all really useful, and uh, appreciate you taking the time to speak with us as well. Uh, cheers. Thanks, Tim. We hope you enjoyed listening to two different perspectives around this access to justice issue. Remember to go check out our other podcasts too. Thank you.